I would like to give thanks to the ancestors, known and unknown, those who have paved the way for us to survive this moment of time and to have a reference point to use as a blueprint to deal with these hellish times we are living in. I would also like to give honor and reverence to the woman of the universe for your superior work, for bringing forth the spiritual information through the triple stage of darkness of your womb and giving birth to God. We would like to give reverence to the universe and praises to the indigenous. My name is Raheem Shabazz and this is Necessary Blackness Podcast. Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognizes no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. Yo, check out the award-winning docuseries Elementary Genocide. This docuseries provides a critical expose of mass incarceration, the war on drugs, and the connection between slavery, capitalism, and the prison industrial complex. This docuseries features Dr. Umar Johnson, Dr. Boyce Watkins, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing, Killer Mike, David Banner, Professor James Small, Kaba Kamene, and so many other people. Check out Elementary Genocide, the school to prison pipeline, Elementary Genocide 2, the Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration, and the latest installment. Elementary Genocide 3, The Academic Holocaust. It's all available now at elementarygenocide.com. Peace and power, Black family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and I am here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast. And today is our Wednesday edition. And as you know, Monday was Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. So we're going to talk about Martin Luther King, and we also going to talk about the situation that's going on in the White House with Donald Trump. Notice how I didn't say President Donald Trump, because ain't nothing presidential about this man. MLK would have been diametrically opposed to every vile and racist statement that comes out of Donald Trump's mouth. Dr. Martin Luther King was an individual who lifted the veil of deceit and uncovers America's treachery. He would have spoken out against Donald Trump and his entire administration. That's why it boggles my mind (laughs) every time I hear a white politician refer to Martin Luther King's dream. King is not America's dream. He's America's nightmare. They constantly try to spin this nonviolent narrative to try to quell the unrest and the uprising from black folks locked in inner cities that's dealing with inequality and health care and the school to prison pipeline and the rampant police brutality. But we know that Martin Luther King wasn't as nonviolent as y'all would like him to be. In fact, there are records that he was armed at times. Now, he did lead a nonviolent protest, but he knew and he understood exactly who he was dealing with. And the end result was it was white America 
It was the FBI that assassinated him. Now, let's talk about the Martin Luther King that they present as a integrationist. Now, King didn't ask for integration when they was doing the Montgomery boycott and they was negotiating between um, the Montgomery City Council to end the boycott family. There are several books you need to read. And one of the books is called Daybreak of Freedom. And you can also read the FBI files. He wanted a more humane form of segregation. He wanted black bus drivers for black riders and for black passengers to have more consistent routes in black neighborhoods. Then when the boycott started, it was the city police that used and issued citations to those who was helping with the carpooling for black workers and the elderly. And this caused the insurance policies to go up. This caused them to raise a lot of money to try to combat that. So it was almost like if it was detrimental to the movement to continue the boycott. So what they did was they wind up suing the city. And once they sued the city, they immediately struck down segregation. And then that's what you have today where the bus system is no longer segregated. So y'all got to know y'all history. You have to study these strategic movements and tactics that was done. Now, was it the right thing to do? I don't know. I would have to be in that political climate to understand it. But I do know that it was effective in showing black people the power that we possess when we come together as one. And another thing we have to be mindful of is that we don't have to be uniform in our opinion to be unified in our belief. And they had a belief that what was being done to them was discrimination. It was wrong. No one should be allowed to have to go to the back of the bus and give up their seat to white passengers. So this is the king that they don't tell you about. They don't tell you about the Martin Luther King that was against the Vietnam War. They don't tell you about the Martin Luther King that was campaigning for poor people. You have to read the letters from Birmingham jail. And I'm going to give you a little quote from that letter right now. I have been gravely disappointed with the white moderates. The Negro's greatest stumbling block in his stride towards freedom is not the Ku Klux Klan, but the white moderates who consistently advise the Negro to wait for a more convenient season. Now, let me stop right there. Now, during the protests against the NFL and the boycott, of standing up for the national anthem, what did we hear? This is not the time for that. It's unwisely for you to do that. It's untimely. Don't do it now. If you're protesting police brutality, then protest the police, not the NFL. See, your oppressors try to make it where it's convenient for you to oppress their oppression. That doesn't make sense, family. All right, so I'm going to carry on. 
And he says, shallow understanding from people of goodwill is more frustrating than the absolute misunderstanding for people of ill will. In other words, what he was saying was, those that know better, it's more frustrating for them than it is for people that don't understand. Because we was dealing with white moderates, the same ones that occupy these churches and that come out during Martin Luther King holiday and give these speeches about freedom, justice, and equality for all. But we have to remember the church opposed his message. And one of the main things that they said, they opposed it because it was about social issues and it wasn't a spiritual one. Let me say that again. The church opposed his message because they deemed it a social issue and not a spiritual one. This is what we're dealing with. This is how they change the narrative. And they will continue to change the narrative if we let them. That's why you see Trump, a man that is in the White House that said that he prefer an individual with a yarmulke to count his money over a person who is black because blacks have a lazy gene. A man who took out a full page ad three times to call for the death penalty of the Central Park Five. And when they was found not guilty and got acquitted, he never even issued a policy. The same individual that said HBCUs are unconstitutional. Martin Luther King graduated and attended a HBCU. Do your history. He went to Morehouse family. So we have to be bold enough that when we see them change the narrative, that we continue to stand in our truth. Because King's dream wasn't America's dream. It was America's nightmare. My name is Raheem Shabazz, and this is Necessary Blackness Podcast, where we come on each and every Wednesday at 6 p.m., and sometimes we might hit you with that Sunday. Now, I'm going to try to be consistent and try to get you a podcast out each and every Sunday, but due to my uh, traveling schedule, that is impossible right now, but we working on it. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Elementary Genocide provides a critical expose of mass incarceration, the war on drugs, and the connection between slavery, capitalism, and the prison industrial complex. Visit our website at www.elementarygenocide.com. Now available, Elementary Genocide, the School to Prison Pipeline. Elementary Genocide 2, the Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration. And the newest release, Elementary Genocide 3, Academic Holocaust. Log on today to purchase your very own three-set docuseries.
For those that's trying to keep up with me, make sure you check me out Saturday, January 27th at 3 p.m. I'll be at the Auburn Research Library here in Atlanta. And then on February 10th through the 14th, I'll be in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. Make sure you go on my social media and check out the time, the dates, and the place. Follow me at Raheem Shabazz on Instagram, Facebook, as well as Twitter. And for my New York City folks, you could be sure to check me out on February 15th. I'll be at Mega Evers College screening the entire three-set docu-series, followed by a lecture and Q&A. Then on February 17th, I'll be in North Charleston, South Carolina at Central Station. Make sure y'all come out and every one of these events are free and open to the public. So make sure you bring your children. Everyone's free. Tune in for the drop. I am Dr. Kira Taylor. And when I'm tired of listening to fake news, I will listen to some real news and I will check into the Necessary Blackness podcast with my friend Raheem Shabazz. Raheem Shabazz is one of my guys from way back and you're now listening to his show, Necessary Blackness Podcast. Stay tuned. This is a cool of Cultivated Roots Media and I choose to tune into Necessary Blackness because staying connected to my blackness is very necessary. Yo, that's what I'm talking about, man. You'll hear it here first. <laughs> now our feature presentation. Now we talk about the man Martin Luther King, his legacy, and how they tried to change the narrative. Now, I want to play a quick clip that I discovered on the internet. And this is Dr. Umar Johnson speaking about the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King. So, let's check out this clip. I'm going to call it what I need to call it and let the chips fall where they may. Because too many people came before us who paid the ultimate cost. Who the hell am I to sell out they struggle like that? Look what Harriet did. Frederick, Ida B. Wells. Uh-huh. They went from city to city trying to kill that sister. Mm-hmm. Dr. King got his brains blown out. And y'all got to read that new book. Well, it ain't so new. It came out in December. Uh, What is it? The, what is it? The Plot to Kill King. The Plot to Kill King. King, okay. Do you know Dr. King survived the shooting on the balcony? On the balcony, yeah. Dr. King got to the... You got to read the book. Yeah, yeah, I got the, the audio book, book all vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This no, is yeah. William Pepper, the white yeah, lawyer. Yeah, it went on, who the way, sued, on the way to... Yeah. Who sued on behalf of the King family and won, and right? won in court? Yeah, they won. Even at the FBI Absolutely. killed King, not James Earl Ray. Yeah. Well, this is his last book because he wrote two others: Orders to Kill and An Act yeah. of State. This is the plot to kill King. He says that King survived the shooting. Guess what happened? Doctor King gets to the hospital because he got to know how wicked white folks is. Doctor King gets to the hospital. A white nurse says she was ordered by the attending physician to get out. She's walking out the room where Doctor King is laying. And she hear people spitting. She turns around and the doctor, who we find out later was the uh, family physician for the Memphis, Tennessee, Italian mafia family who participated in the setup for the King death. The mafia is a pro-government organization. Okay. She turned around. The FBI agents and this white doctor were spitting on Dr. King. And then the doctor took a pillow. She saw it. And and suffocated Dr. King. Oh, my God. Wow. And he also confirms that Jesse Jackson is the one who switched Dr. King's hotel room from the bottom floor to the second floor so they can have an early, an easier I shot. heard about that. I heard about yeah. that. Yeah. And he stood to the side. Yeah. Let him move out the way. He moved out the way. No, no, no. No, he moved. He moved. No, no, no. 
You're talking about the Reverend uh, Billy Cow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jesse like, never listen. Yeah. Check it out. No, no, no. Listen, listen. Yeah. Jesse was supposed to be on the balcony, but he chose to stay down below because he was too too scared. I ain't going up. And guess who the killer was? A marksman for the Memphis, Tennessee yeah. Police Department. He got yeah. shot by a cop, just like Trayvon. Yeah, like, yeah. Wow. Peace and power, black family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and we are back. And in my closing words, I want to just let everyone know that we can't allow our open enemy to change the narrative of who Dr. Martin Luther King was and what he stood for and what he fought for. Because we know one of the main issues that Martin Luther King fought for was the war against poverty. And as you know, we are dealing with a lot of poverty all across America. So in the spirit of Martin Luther King, let's help those that are in need. Let's help the homeless. Let's help those that are returning from jail, our returning citizens, and help them integrate back into society. Remember, it was Bernard Shaw who said, the greatest of evil and the worst of crime is poverty. So let's continue to fight poverty. And remember, when you hear these angelic preachers that get up there and they want to honor Martin Luther King, and you hear Donald Trump tweeting about honoring Martin Luther King, remember, a prophet is not without honor, only in his own home. We can't let them dishonor Martin Luther King. We have to honor him by living out his legacy by practicing what he believed and what he taught. My name is Raheem Shabazz, and this is Necessary Blackness Podcast. I will see you next week. Peace.